and welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. Uh, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. And we have a bunch of people. I have some bunch of people probably watching us new or listening to us new because we had a huge following just come through. We want to thank Reaper Miniatures for that huge, huge, huge raid we had uh, into Kathy's stream on Friday. Friday. Was it Friday? Yep, Friday. It was much appreciated. We appreciated it a lot. A good close to the week. Yes, it was a lot of fun. I met some new people, so yeah, it was, it was very fun. Yeah. Uh, welcome to episode, Kathy. Ninety-six. Yes, I actually looked this one up this time. <laughs> 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 Episode ninety-six. We're going to talk about uh, like our top picks of board games, miniature games, role-playing games, stuff we're going to be looking forward to, um, so on and so forth. Um, on on the stream today, because there are a few games that we wanted, I wanted to talk about and highlight, um, and the future of. And how things are going. Um, it's good that you want to talk about and highlight games in particular because I am completely unprepared. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is Kathy, you can talk to us about Zombicide and what they're coming out with because you know all of that shit, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, don't worry, Kathy. I'm totally prepared for both of us. Excellent. <laughs> but. I just <hate> the minis. <laughs> So, um, before we do that, we need to go ahead and get through all of our sponsors and welcomers and anybody that listens to us, guys. Everybody that listens to us, either live or on, on any of the channels that we're on, we appreciate it so much. We thank you so much for this. Uh, for our Patreon subscribers, you keep the lights on. Um, if you want to help us on that, um, the, the rewards will be changing a little bit coming up um, based on a few things uh, to get some better rewards for people. Um, so... Pay attention to that, um, but y'all keep everything running so we don't have to dig into our own pockets every month. It's very much appreciated. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, uh, Muse on Minis, for hosting us and putting us on their network and giving us some stuff to give away uh, every so often. Also, we want to thank uh, Tectonic Crest Studios. Dan, you're the man um, for giving us things to give away, and uh, we will have some things to give away probably in the next podcast for him. And last but not least, uh, Mechanica Studios. They host all of our stuff that we sell. Um, if you play War Machine and Hordes um, or any of those type of games, we do have tournament packets and widgets and dice and zones and all this other cool stuff that all comes and directly helps the podcast. Um, so if you get the notion, go and check it out. Look at our stuff. Buy it. Tell us what you think. Uh, we appreciate it. And thanks for the cheers, Xander Vaylord. Oh, yay. Yay! Um, so, we really, really appreciate everything, guys. Um, we try to give y'all a good show, do some funny things, act a little stupid. You know. A lot stupid. A lot stupid is more like it. <laughs> but, um, John, we do have some tributes to give today that we need to give, right? I know of one. Uh, I didn't know of another. That's the reason why I was wondering. Yeah, not another that I know of, but the one is Robert Forrester, who many of you won't know. His biggest modern role people would know would be Jackie Brown. Mm -hmm. He played Max Cherry, the Bales Bondsman. But he is one of those guys who's been around in Hollywood for years and years and years and been in a ton of movies, has a ton of stories, and is just, by all accounts, a great guy. 
Uh, all his reviews are, you know, very interesting to listen to hear him talk about. He's got some great stories uh, posted on YouTube and on other various things out there. Um, I remember, of course, from the Black Hole where he played Captain Dan Holland. Yep. Yes, I remember names from the Black Hole. Don't judge me. Well, but wasn't funny, that like one of your favorite shows growing up? It is one of my favorite movies still, yes. Well, what's interesting is uh, I was talking to a friend of mine and she was like, who? And I was like, you probably wouldn't know him because, you know, you're really young. But this, you know, you, when you see his face, you're like, oh, that guy. Yeah, exactly. That guy. He. Uh, I just did that because I just Googled him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he even said in one of his interviews that he was glad uh, Quentin Tarantino gave him a chance. He had actually interviewed for a bunch of Quentin Tarantino stuff. Um, read for a lot of it and you know basically Tarantino finally got him in a movie with Jackie Brown and he got an Academy Award nomination for that for his role Uh, he also liked it because he got back to being a good guy Um, he got cast in the Delta Force when that came out as a well Middle Eastern terrorist and he he put his all into the role he's put more depth into that character than probably ever needed to be in that you know in a Muslim terrorist in a schlocky, you know, Israeli-made <laughs> action movie from the freaking 80s. But, uh, you know, he's always put his all into the roles. He's been just in a ton of little stuff. And I've enjoyed him every time uh, I've seen him on the screen. One of those guys brings a smile to your face if you know who he is. Yeah, you, you've most likely seen him. Like I said, if you Google, you'll go, oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Hmm? I know that dude. So, um, with that, Kathy, what you drinking today? Tea. No rum. Also gin and tonic. <laughs> uh, John, what are you drinking today? Well, I have a uh, uh, Jim Beam Red Stag mixed with uh, Dr. Pepper, and then I'm going to start off with a shot of Jack Daniel Tennessee Apple. Um, mine is I'm taking a little bit left of my Imperial Grind Coffee Stout from Mother's. Uh, which is an amazing coffee beer if you like coffee, and uh, I love coffee and beer. <laughs> and then about a shot and a half of Evan Williams. Um, I wanted to get down today. Um, so for all of our friends, everybody out there that listens, everybody that participates, everybody that doesn't participate but hits that little meter to show that you're listening, we appreciate it. Thank Thank you so much. Y'all. Cheers. Cheers. What is? Did I say y'all like Southerner? Y'all. That's really tasty. What is it again? Uh, Jack Daniels Tennessee Apple. It is uh, Jack Daniels whiskey um, blended with uh, apple liqueur. Hmm. Apples. It's on the whiskey side of that sort of thing. A little less. I don't know. Less uh, apple-y than something like a Jim Beam apple or something like that. Best but served still with ice cream. I mean, someone want to bring Whiskey me some... a la mode. I mean, I'll take, I'll take some ice cream now and some whiskey and <laughs> I'll go to town and I will be fucked up real quick. Ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say a whiskey float. Whiskey float. I like where your head's at. Eh, you know. Level. You're actually supposed to put some alcohol in root beer floats, apparently, is part of the official recipe. Xander says ew, but um, don't knock I don't it really care, Xander. 
<laughs> I am will. I am approaching that with an open mind. Come on, dairy and alcohol. This has got to end well, right? Always. Yeah. It does with Bailey's. Fair. Wait, what's my, happening? My uh, iPad decided to turn on the volume. Beanie Hunt says car bombs. Vander says, don't do not your father's root beer with ice cream. That didn't. We're not talking about not your father's root beer, though. We're just talking not like me. a float and then putting whatever liquor we want in it. Yeah. It's more like you put root beer in and then you put in, I forget what the official recipe is for, whether it's whiskey or something else, but you, you put some of that in too just to give it a little, little something, something. Something, something, something. A little something, something. That's true. So. Um, Today's episode, guys, we wanted to talk about our top picks of board games, miniature games, blah, 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 that we want to play. Um, blah, 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 blah. Yep, I put the blah, blah, blah. Use, use your words. That was blah, 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 <laughs> is my word. Gonzo, you are a poet laureate. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, because it is coming into the year. A lot of things are happening within the gaming industry. And I needed to give my two cents about a couple of games. Wait, it's only October. It's the end of the year. Don't Coming say to that to me. Technically speaking, the end of the year, it's quarter four. Yep, it's fourth quarter. We're a month into quarter four, for Christ's sakes. Month well, and a half. that's not the end of my year. All right, soon to be the end of your year, Kathy. Soon. You know, my birthday's at the end of this month. I'm just throwing that out there. All right, so for Cassie's birthday... <laughs> Everybody's gonna like sing and dance for her and send her some wild flowers. How about that? Is that okay, Kathy? Okay. All right, she said, <laughs> You can send them to. Yay, make people feel old. I feel that way every day at work. I, <laughs> Young people, I can't. I was talking to somebody, they were born in 1983. I'm like, Shut up, what? Venus. Just shut up. <laughs> I can't. I'm a manager. I'm not allowed to turn and call. Other like how is it that you even know it. how to talk yet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go crawl back in your mommy's womb. Just get, just get out of here, kid. <laughs> We're like, 83, that's cute, because I was born prior to 83, by the way. Yeah. We know. You're old. <gasps> Captain Mizzy found a recipe for rip your floats with vodka and coconut ice cream. <gasps> I mean, coconut ice cream on its own sounds delicious. I mean, I'll try it. Yeah, I, I... I'm sure coconut ice cream sounds great to me, but I would definitely give that a shot. I kind of feel like it should be in a pina colada sort of a drink, mm -hmm. though. I mean, if you like pina coladas. Pina coladas. And getting caught in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I'm really a big fan of the taste of champagne, either. Hmm. <laughs> Tender goes, why, John? Why? Because you can't pop those up. I got to spike them. <laughs> pop culture reference king. That's what I do. I do it at work, and people look at me like I'm stupid. We t Sidebar to get on something else. My boss was sitting with one of my coworkers, helping her do invoices, and uh, he was talking about the Star War. Now, he knows better. He's just teasing and I jokingly talked to him back about the Star Treks. <laughs> and our co-worker thought they were the same thing. <laughs> you know. 
I can't make this up. She didn't realize. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just not not going to. Not going to so go there. So we keep talking about the Star Wars and the Star Treks. Because it's funny. And she I knows. Kid I called it Star Trek. Star Trek? Star Trek. That's something else entirely. I didn't know that Trek was a word. And also, I couldn't read yet because I was that young when I started watching Star Trek. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> well, I mean, she, she did say, aren't all those star things related? I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, Battle Beyond the Stars, totally part of that. <laughs> Dancing with the Stars, the Star is Born, those are all the same thing. They are. All the same right, cinematic anyway. universe. Dancing with the Star War, that's where it's at. Dancing with the, the Star the Stars Trek. There you go. Uh, please, let's get to the topic before we derail even further. <laughs> what? We derail stuff? No. I'm not sure we're ever on the rails in this particular case, but let's get on the rails. <laughs> we never did get road. on the rails. Yeah, All right. Fair. So the year is coming to a close. We wanted I wanted to talk about certain board game miniature games and, you know, our top picks or, you know, things that we think that we really you should look into or things that we just really like a lot. Um, and maybe some old favorites that we're still playing if uh, we still want to keep playing them next year. Um and I want to put a shout out to War Machine and Hordes. Um, I still like War Machine and Hordes. I still think it's a good game. Um, my big issue right now is I don't have time. Um, John and I have had this conversation before, that, and we've had it plenty of times on the podcast, that War Machine and Hordes is, is a competitive nature game. It's, it's the most time-intensive game, and not just playing the game, the whole... It can be an all-inclusive hobby from the mental aspect to the painting to the playing. It, it can be a total, a total total thing together. Correct. And that's a great strength and a terrible weakness. Yeah. And it's it's tough. Yeah. And, and, and there's nothing wrong. To me, there is nothing wrong with the game. Uh, being a competitive player, I don't have time to be a competitive player like I was before. One, because the gaming convention. And two, I just don't have the time. Um, I... I will always go to every single time I can to go to a tournament and mm -hmm. play because I like the tournament scene. I agree with you, John. I'm burpy too. Um, <laughs> and have a good time with my friends and hang out and play a good competitive game. Uh, but I don't have the time mentally to decompose all the aspects of every list out there to figure out something's going on. Um, so I started just going, I think I'm just going to play. What I think is going to be fun and competitive, but I'm not going to go so deep into it going, oh my God, there's a 0.03% chance I need to put this model in because they're going to give me a 0.1% chance of being better at this matchup. Um, and that's what I've kind of done this last year uh, since uh, since the last uh, convention uh, is just kind of take it back a little notch. And I still love it. Uh, they got some great models coming out. I don't know if y'all guys saw the new releases coming out. Um but they have some really cool stuff coming out uh, and everything. And I still think it's still one of my top picks. One, because the community is amazing. Two, I love the company. I love all the people that are in it. They're a lot of good friends of mine. Um, they do a lot of cool things. Uh, they're upping their game. Perfect Presses, you know, we've got... And, and I, say, I say this with a little smidge. We've got all the smaller games, which I love Riot Quest and Mompoc. It's a lot of fun. But next year, we have Warcaster coming out cautiously optimistic this is one of my top ones that i'm looking forward to um but is it a board I, game it is not it is their science fiction miniature game coming out 
Uh, we don't know a lot about it. We don't know what size it's going to be played on, the terrain, none of that. We have no details. Yeah, really, there's okay. none. Uh, but it is it is their science fiction miniature game. Yeah, it's their, their entry. Um, I, I would say right now War Machine's an interesting place because with the CID on, on hiatus, uh-huh. actually makes it a little less time intensive. There's one less step to worry about, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. CID has not been met with everyone with uh, with open arms. Uh, there's a, I mean, Lost Hemisphere uh, shared it also, but one of my locals, uh, Tionis Blackbane, uh, posted on his blog a, a very scathing review, and, and a true review from his point of view, uh, that, you know, of that and what they can do to get better. And they're trying. I'm glad they're still trying stuff. I just... Uh, I don't know if I'm interested in War Machine or in Warcaster. I mean, Raptor Press hasn't really showed it to me in a while. Uh, I'm interested to see what it is, but to be fair, I'm expecting meh, so I can just be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, like I said, and there, we don't know anything yet. We just know there's yeah. going to be their yeah. sci-fi oh, version. Yeah. So we can't really say anything, but it is one to look forward to in the you know in the next year. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because I'm sure it's going to come out during uh, Lock and Load. Uh, is probably what I have a feeling what's, what's going to happen. Terrible time for a game well, that to come makes out. Sense, terrible. Yeah. Like, what time of year is Lock and Load? The summer. The middle of the summer. Oh, yeah. maybe it'll come out at Adepticon. Adepticon is actually the best time to come out because you know what that is. Uh, they're having a big, uh, a big War Mahords mm-hmm. War Machine tournament there. <laughs> uh, yeah. This coming year. We will hold off on that discussion right now, Kathy. Um, let's not go there yet, okay? <laughs> let's not go there. We're not going to talk about the uh, ATC. Shut up. Not talking about the ATC right now. I'm good. I wasn't going to. I okay. was just mentioning. No, no, it. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. As right. you can all, you know, if you know me, you know I, I don't know shit about normal <laughs> words. But uh, anyways, but, uh, I wanted to say that Banyan says I have more fun playing smaller, more intense games and playing a couple in the time it takes for one full Warmer Hordes game. And that's how I feel and that's why I decided to play Warcry. Indeed. That's because uh, those games are all like under an hour it seems like and less models I have eight models to paint for that. Yeah. So I'm I'm good with that, and that's that's kind of my thing. I don't I don't want a a two hour game that turns into a four hour game because I like to talk between turns. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily mind that, honestly, but uh, you know, it's 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 different for that. But I mean, I'm interested to see what Warcaster brings. Like I said, expecting kind of meh, but we'll see if it's good. Isn't they're not going to put out a bad game? I mean, let's be honest. For all their faults, they don't put out bad games. No. That's what I'm saying. We, we just don't know anything, but it is something on the horizon for us to look at. I just really hope they put it out earlier because Adepticon is such a better time because it's in and it's established in time for everyone to play the crap out of it during the summer. Yeah. That's when you really get it. And I think it's one of those times where having your own convention will hurt you because you're holding things for it when... And you miss the opportune time. Yeah. We'll have to see. Uh, like I said, we still don't know anything. Yeah, nothing. Uh, n- nothing big, nothing at all. It's just there, so we'll have to wait and see how it goes. Um, that's my because uh, there's a lot of other games that we want to talk about, but on so our what else, press. Uh, what, what else do we want to talk about? Um, I want to talk about something that I really, really want to play, but I can't get anybody local to do it. And John got me into it, and I'm <laughs> lo- 
Yeah. Oh, so mean, John. What game is this you're I mean, talking about? The throttle off that John got me into it. Well, John got me interested in it, and with the new edition, I'm I'm interested. I I haven't had a chance to play, so I don't know, but I have been really looking forward to Malifaux. Uh, I've read the rules. I've read the scenarios. I like is this what it's a board game. No, it's the miniature game. No, it's not a board game. No. You will probably not hear me say anything about board games. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. Because, you know, you did say the topic was board games. With some, some board games, because <laughs> I know you're a board gamer. Um, but I am really, I really want to get some people into it. Um, there's two games I really want to get people into um, a bit, and one of them is for gameplay, and one of them is for quick, easy, and cool miniatures. Um. And right now, I really think I, I like what Malifaux's doing. Okay. I, I like uh, one. Okay, we all know the miniatures are insane. The miniatures are great. They're, uh, they're less complicated to put together than they used to be. They're actually yeah. a, l- they're a little step easier because I've been putting together stuff from different generations. And they go from fuck awful to mildly inconvenient to, okay, I, I can do this. Yeah. Um, but I like the rules. Um, everything seems to flow right. I I haven't had a chance to play, so I can't give it a full review, but everything that I've liked and I've seen, and that's the reason why I asked John if he can, you know, elaborate more on it, but I like where it's going. I like, I like what they have. And, and it's a shame that it's not as popular as big around here because I think it could be. Yep. It is. To me, it is. Being a smaller scale, I mean, uh, not brush that Dave and I have, on average, eight to ten models. Correct. In a, in a crew. Uh, occasionally you can summon some more, but we're still looking at, unless you do something crazy like Banyan and his, I brought all the rats in the universe. <laughs> uh, because you need to for that crew. Um, you end up with that sort of models. Yeah. Um, it, it plays reasonably quickly. It's pretty well balanced. I mean, we look at the uh, the way it works with schemes and strategies, their scenarios. We look at the schemes and we're like, I don't, all these are difficult to do, which is good because it means they're all difficult, not, oh, that's a got to take it if it comes up. They're all difficult. So, you know, scenario play is key with that. Um, it can be played reasonably tight if you want or a little more. I mean, not everything is loosey-goosey, but it has the potential for tight play and um, in all likelihood, in next year, we'll be seeing them put out their first of their... Um, they take scenarios, and uh, they call it Gaining Grounds, and it's their scenario packet for tournaments. Uh-huh. And they'll make cards for it you can purchase on uh, DriveThruRPG, or Card Vault, which is part of DriveThruRPG. And there'll be takes on the ones that are already in the book, but a different one, so you get a little more variety. So I'm looking forward to that. I love the way they're putting out models. Um, uh, some people hate it because they're not putting out single models. You're not going to get a lot of single models unless they're chunky enough to, to deserve that. You're getting a kit with between three and, I think, five or six models. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like, oh, here is, you know... I forget what the most recent one was, but they did one for the Wastrel keyword where it had four models. It had a name character... And then three of a particular new minion that came out. So you get that little batch. 
They got another one coming out for the Gremlins, where it is the the named Gremlin Luchador and three generic Luchadors. It's like, oh hey, um, there's a Gremlin keyword, uh, which I think is called Whizbang, um, where they where some of them also cross over into the Foundry keyword for um, one of the other one of the other masters. They're putting all those models in one box. It'll be the mechan- mechanized pork chop, which is a mechano pig. Who doesn't love McKenna Ping? Sparks and three of the survivors. And you just get all that stuff there. So you go and like, I need, like, I was looking at buying these models separately. Then I looked, this is what's coming out. I'm like, no, I'll just get this one box. It's got all the models I need from that keyword to add. And just boom, I'll have a little kit. Yeah. Sure, it's a little more expensive. And in some cases, you're like, oh, I don't need all those models. Well, maybe you don't. But you won't need to buy anything else. With three being the max of almost any model. You'll get whatever the max is in that box, and you're good to go. So I like the way they're doing that. Um, I've always said, um, except in the brief period when they were playtesting Mark th- or Third Edition, that if I had to play only one miniature game, it would be Malifaux. I mean, I've loved my time. I loved my time back in the day with War Machine of Hordes, but when when they started, when Mark Three started happening, uh, Malifaux just quickly overtook it. It's got everything you want plays pretty quickly. You're still probably talking with setup and takedown about two hour games. Or if you're like us and you're, you're learning, it'll be two hour games. Or if you're like Dave and you're like that fucking guy with a spear is right in my face. And I don't <laughs> know what to do about it. We're going to have a two hour game. Uh, I did love Malifaux in first edition when I was playing. And then I, I got away from it. And then the community at the game store that I was going to just kind of fell apart. And I haven't played since, but it's nice to know that, uh, 3rd edition or Mark 3 as you call it is uh, equally as fun it sounds like it is and they did the rare thing in a game where rather than they just nerfing stuff they did a lot more of bringing the low stuff up and very little of the taking the big stuff down you know it's it, a lot of things got tweaked It many many models are bullshit but there are so many models with bullshit, everyone's got their own bullshit. So is yeah. it really bullshit at that point? No. You know, it's like a model, general models generally are thematic, do what they're supposed to. And you're like, this all makes sense. And I haven't seen too many models that seem, I haven't seen almost any models that are completely out of place for their points cost. And very few that I'm like, that's a little weird, maybe. Does it take some time to get used to what other people are playing and what their models do? I mean, do you have to be familiar, really, with... If you really wanted to play competitive, yes, but Dave puts models down, and I generally don't give a shit what they do, and I just go murder them. But that doesn't win me scenarios. The funny thing is, most scenarios, murdering his models don't win. (laughs) The objectives... Yeah, direct us. Well, also, they have an app now. Their app, their third edition app is out. Oh, okay, cool. It is... Now, War Room is the barometer for apps. Let's be honest. War Room is great. Oh, yeah. Once they got the second edition War Room working right, it is the standard. It is not as good as the Malifaux app. For one, there's one giant reason that puts Malifaux app over the top initially. Printing list? It's free. Oh. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's free. It has... Pretty much almost the same functionality as the. Actually, I think it does have the same functionality as War Room. You can search for stuff. You can look at all the cards. You can even make your list, play a game, join someone else who's using the app to play a game and look at their cards. 
because that's normally what you'll be looking at. Yeah. You'll be looking at what their cards are. And generally, you just want an overview. I mean, to be honest, most games, if you're not playing fully competitively, you should have gentlemen's rules. Uh, where you're you're going to be like, you don't want to do that because I have this ability that makes that the stupidest move ever. Mm. <laughs> We've done that. Like, you don't want to do that because of this. Like, okay, yeah, I don't want to do that. And, and that's part of the fun about playing it, you know, with people. But I'm looking forward to what they're doing with it. Looking forward to their gaining grounds for next year. I'm even going to work up another slow grow. They had a cool slow grow, but it was a little random. I'm going to tweak it down and, and make it better for learning. And then I'm look, just looking forward to it. It's Right now, it's my main game. I have not painted, assembled, or... Well, I've only painted one other game's models in the recent history, aside from them. And they're games that doesn't really require them, and we'll talk about them later. But it is my main game very much so right now, that and Transformers TCG, so... Um, the other one I wanted to talk about, and um, it's not even out yet, but it is something that we're all kind of cautiously optimistic about, is, of course, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Of course, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, and I want to say this up front. I have never in my years seen this much buzz for a game since, say, 3rd edition D&D. Yes. That was the last time I felt this buzz, this electricity surrounding a game. And it might be because I'm not in in the game store as much anymore and all that, but I just feel the buzz about this game. People yeah. are excited for it. Yeah, so, I mean, we're not even going to, you know, we're not even going to touch on it. We all know that pretty much everybody is excited in one form or another for this game. Uh, be it the miniatures, the game system, the play, the team that's doing it, you name it. Um, we're all kind of excited about that. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to push on that too much because we, I mean, we're, we're all there. Excited. Yeah. No, we're all. should mention it. I mean, yeah. I have it on its way. It's on its way soon. Very soon. I will have, have it in my mitts. I will be reviewing the models on my stream. Uh, I'll be looking at the rule book. We'll do an unboxing on the podcast. What? That's legit. Legit as shit. Glorious. No, I, not our scrawny podcast. Yes, our, our, our <laughs> tiny, mediocre podcast. <laughs> You've got attention. Uh, Kathy will be will, setting up and doing an unboxing. <laughs> Follow our Facebook page for uh, details to be posted in future. <laughs> I like what, like what you did there. Yeah, we're all excited for that, and I like just seeing models, the way they're coming out and all. There's another one where they're doing interesting with models. They understand that buying... And stores can't necessarily put a lot of single models on a rack. So they're doing a lot of two-packs to make it worth the space. Correct. You know, I was looking at the uh, the second wave, if you will, with uh, you know Black Panther and Killmonger. And then Shuri and the one with the spear whose name escapes me because I've been drinking. What? You don't drink. Uh, what? <laughs> um, so we, we, we all know that we're all optimistic about Marvel Crisis Protocol and what they're bringing. We don't even have to do... I mean, we could do a whole podcast once it comes out and we'll talk about it mm -hmm. and get on it. Uh, Kathy will uh, be doing an unboxing and we'll be uh, looking at the miniatures and hopefully she'll get permission to paint them on stream. I yeah. have permission to paint See? them on stream. Boom! Boom! Yeah. <laughs> Dropping the bombs today! It's interesting because it'll be... It's going to be an interesting time for superhero miniature games because... Um, Night Models is actually putting out their third edition of the Batman game. Also, yeah, I heard and, that. 
theoretically dropping an actual rule book for the DC Universe version. Yep. Because I think they're I they're feeling the pressure. Yeah. Because I like their models. Um, I like their metal models. They were good. They're uh, their resin models have. I've only gotten one two pack, and there was not good. It no. was the worst mold lines I've seen in a while. They cleaned up okay, but you're a little worried about that. And then no rulebook is a hell of a thing for a game, right? Yeah. Um, uh, we, we we say this about, about Predator Press as a sort of positive. They're too far ahead of the curve. No physical books is way too far out there. We, you need physical books. You can't just go off computer. No one. We're not there yet as a, as a culture, as a gaming culture. Um, but I wanted to, to tag that because there is something coming up about it. Uh, but the one game that I'm actually kind of interested in, and mostly for the miniatures, um, because they showed their previews of what they're bringing out at Warfare Weekend, um, and I'm going to be picking up Judgment. Um, I am mostly, okay. mostly yeah. uh, the, the games, I'm not a MOBA-style game player. We have, we've talked about this numerous times. But the models they have, I'm just like, Wait, what's yeah. MOBA again? Hold on. I need to Google this. <laughs> Every time you say that, I'm like, wait, Massive what's MOBA? online battle, something with an A, arena. Arena, yeah. Multiplayer online. Wait, you know, a tabletop game can't be an online game, so that kind of confuses <laughs> me just right off the bat. It's, it's the style of it. It's, yeah, it's, it's the style of the way it's played. Um, but they have some models that I am pretty interested about getting, especially the new Death Knight model they got coming out. Definitely want to look into that because they're a uh, uh, scale, right? They're like 54 millimeter or something like that. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're larger. Large. They're beautiful models. Oh, though. Yeah. I've been watching uh, the progress of Nestor Medina at Nessie mm-hmm. Knows Nestor. as he's working on them. Nestor's a good dude. He'll be at Warfare Weekend, by the way. I get to finally meet him. Make me feel bad for missing it. I mean, he's not really. awesome. I get to finally meet him. Um, but that was one. That's one of my ones that I'm cautiously looking forward to. Uh, I wouldn't say cautiously. I'm going to get them most a lot of them for the miniatures, but also want to kind of play it, introduce some of my locals to it because I going back to what someone's comment was: the quicker, faster, multi games a night is really taking a hold of a lot of people. Yep. Um, and and, th- and that's good and bad. And if you want to say, and I want to say it's bad, but I mean it's good because I like smaller game sizes. So. Uh, it I is like smaller bad. models. If I had a Saturday well, afternoon and I could just leisurely play a game and, you know, eat some lunch in between and stuff, then that's one thing. But if I'm at the game store and I only have a few hours before it closes, I just want to get a couple of games in if I can. Yeah. I mean, I say it's bad because there's nothing like the view of one of those large-scale Warhammer, or sorry, I guess Age of Sigmar or Warhammer 40K games. There's nothing like one of those just fully set out. It looks really cool. Mm-hmm. And generally, they're a blast, but they, they are a little more time-intensive, so. They are. Yeah, I'm defending them. That's weird. <laughs> um, I'm not terribly interested in Judgment myself, but they do have cool models. I actually am looking forward to uh, Armada, because Armada is putting out their first new ships in a while. They just uh, dropped their new campaign box. Let me twist out the frame. Rebellion in the Rim, which uh, should shock you that I have in my hands. <laughs> really shouldn't shock you. Mm-mm. Being that it's the only other game I've painted models for, and you don't really need to paint models for it. Nope. <laughs> um, 
but I'm looking forward to that. It's a cool campaign, um, another way to play it. And they've got, uh, like I said, two new ships coming out, two new big ships, new, never seen before, even in the movies or anything, so it's cool. And then next year they have Clone Wars coming out for it. 2020 is going to be a big uh, Armada year. And I'm looking forward to it. I like it. It is one of the better Starship battle games out there. Plays reasonably quick, reasonably balanced, very uh, very strategy or very uh, scenario-focused. You know, so looking forward to everything that brings. You know, new factions will be good. Hard to have a game with two factions. People get bored. Yep. But uh, four factions is where it's at. Three, I think you really get a game. Four is where you really get it. So there are four factions, and uh, looking forward to that to hit and get some more games of that in. Um, going across about that, I had my first few uh, games of X-Wing recently. Um, I uh, picked up the, a, a starter and uh, got some ones, and I had fun with it. I don't know if I would get, like, all in and go crazy and do tournaments and all that stuff. Or just oh. go, hey, you want a bunch of just get some guys together, have a few beers, let's blow each other's ships up? Yep, I'm all for that. Speaking yeah, of flying games, mm-hmm. we just got the uh, Aeronautica. Uh-huh. So looking forward to assembling those in plastic instead of resin. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> So I haven't actually had a chance to look at the sprues yet, but I am looking forward to it. I really liked Aeronautica back in the day, and I am told that the rules didn't really change much since then. So just a bunch of new models, or better models? New models uh, and hex bases. Yeah, the models are just a slightly larger scale. So I am looking forward to playing that with Jim, and we just have to arm wrestle to see who is Imperial and who's Orcs. Um, I think he'll play something that works for you, right? Yeah, but my old ones are Imperial. Now you I mean, I orcs. guess I should let him paint up some uh, some Imperial Navy, I guess. <laughs> also, it would be awesome to paint up Orcs. Also, um, Bad Moons. Yep. Bad Moons all the way. Yeah, interesting. I haven't seen any of that played. Um, there's been some of it on Twitter. The people I follow painting model, painting some of the models. They look great. Um, but I haven't heard a lot about it one way or the other. So interesting to hear. I think uh, it is strange that this late in the game that GW's dropping, uh, you know, Aeronautica. I mean, there are people who will buy whatever they put out. It's all good. Yeah. But, uh, I'm glad to see things challenging X-Wing for that sort of scale of game. Yep. I think Battlestar Galactic came out way too late to really have them. Yeah. I saw the models too. are great. I mean, they look great. They're on par with the current tier of X-Wing models. Yeah. But I'm just like, uh, day late and a dollar short, and I've heard the game is not terribly balanced. Yeah, it's... it's more scenario-driven, less actual... I mean, I like scenario-driven, but not having easy pickup games is a problem. Yeah. Um, John, did you have any sleeper hits this year? Sleeper hits that came out this year? Yeah. Any miniature games that you're like, oh, and then try it, and you're like, hey, this is actually pretty decent. Nah. Nah? I didn't try any new games this year. Oh. I did try a new game, and that was uh, right after Adepticon, because thanks for Adepticon having awesome uh, VIG swag. I, and I've said it before, the uh, Song of Ice and Fire uh, miniature game. Uh, it was my sleeper hit of the year. 
I was very hesitant when I heard it was coming out because, well, anything based off of a TV show usually sucks. Um, and so, TV shows based off a book series, based off of a TV show. But it's called The Song of Ice and Fire. It's based off the books. Second. It is. It is based off the books. It is sure. based on the book more than it is the TV show. Not but, that you couldn't paint your models like the TV show. <laughs> but it was my sleeper hit of the year because it's actually pretty dang good as a miniatures game. It's got some good things to it. It's I'm really surprised how well it is. Uh, the rules-wise, the gameplay... Um, few minor things I don't like. I wish there was more terrain on the board, but I understand why they have so little amount of terrain. Yeah, yeah. That's... But... That's yeah, that makes... And the worst feature about that is it makes it look, and I hate to say it this bluntly, like shit at the game store. Yes. Uh, that's the reason why I, I printed out the 3D terrain, because uh, yeah. it, it made it look a whole Next, lot better. Yeah, 2D terrain just does not... I mean, I understand 2D terrain is very good for certain things, and having, like, hills 2D, obviously, is awesome, and having the the outline of the forest with the trees in it is great, but just 2D terrain looks terrible, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was it was really, really... It was a sleeper hit, because I was like, oh, okay, cool miniatures, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I tried it out, and I was like, holy damn, this is really cool and really a lot of fun. Um... But I know a lot of people won't give it credit because it is, you know, come on, and it is... Rock on the mat! <laughs> no, yeah, they're come on. They're no longer involved with actual miniatures. Not um, counting game pieces. Wow. And I know a lot of people will give them crap because of that and crap about some other things, but it's actually a really good game. I was really surprised how good it was. Um, miniatures are solid. Um, they look good. They stand up. They, you know, they, they're not quick and they don't break as easy. Uh, you don't have to do anything to them. You barely have to put them together. If anything. So, I mean, they're all there. But I was just like, it, I was very shocked at how good the game is. Um, coming from Simon and coming from a previous... IP, because we never yeah, I, usually I don't ever. They look that. pretty good. They don't look like board game pieces, no. uh -huh. despite the fact they're 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 no assembly required. Pretty much. Yeah, there's none. They're a good quality. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike I, I hate to say it, the the god tier models are looking less and less impressive to me. Yeah. I haven't. Sorry. Seen you gotta get, it, part of the reason I didn't look at Song of Fire and Ice a because I don't have a horse in that race and b because. I want more of an overall strategy with them, like to assemble models. Yeah. But, like, the God Tier and, and by extension, the, uh, what's that other game? The not football one. Blood Bowl? No, no uh, not Guild Ball. Ball. Guild Ball. Guild Ball, yeah. I just don't. <laughs> they watch me list I... all of the games that are like Blood Bowl. <laughs> I just don't like the models. They're, I mean, they're not bad models, but. They're like board game pieces. Yeah. And, well, it's yeah. funny because the metal ones are uh, mainly such oh. a giant pain in the ass to put together for Guild Ball. Oh, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. the game. The Guild Ball models were pretty cool. I really the like the game. Just went, they just went 360 degrees the other way. I'm like, yeah. what? 
It's 180 degrees. Let's not be drunk speaking. <laughs> but yeah, so um, other games looking forward to. I'm actually, hmm, I'm kind of looking forward to Warhammer Underworld, see what they keep putting out. Even if not just for the game, for the models that come out, because they're just cool models. They are some fun models, yeah. And I love how they put them, make them usable in the other game. I mean, Kill Team, the same thing. I'm hoping they put more stuff out for it, but it's really gotten kind of bloated. Yeah. Interesting to see what they do with sort of their reboot by putting out a new starter set for it. Well, what's interesting is they they have all these games where, you know, small miniature board games, and they had Kill Team, and then Necromunda, and it's like, here it is, guys, and it's gone. Well, see, now, I understand that with plastic boxes, because after a certain point, you a new print run isn't really worth it. Correct. Because you get more money by selling the rule book and stuff separately. Yes. So they want to do it. They want to get the excitement. Then they want to do it. That's fine. That's that's business. Uh, interesting that they reprinted it, though. It means that they actually had enough people asking for it. They felt like they needed to. But remember, Kill Team gave us those great Rogue Trader mo- models. The uh, mm-hmm. including Star Striders and the uh, Gutter, Gutter Pox that you've been painting for. You painted for a while, Kathy. Yep. I mean, I'm looking forward to another box like that. Like I want GW to to take their their game up and put another box out like that. Or the Blackstone Fortress stuff has been really cool. Those are sort of my ideas of board games I want to see. They're very miniature-centric because I'm a miniature-centric person. But the the board games with actual models that look cool. I uh, want to see what they keep doing for uh, Blackstone and maybe Kill Team if they put any more cool, specific models out. Because they can do that. Like, here's a little Kill Team. It makes its own, you know, force organization chart in 40K in case you want to play it. Boom, go. Have some fun. I think that is probably the way forward, sort of like the Night Vault, uh, Night Vault, uh, uh, Chase Spire. Yeah, Underworld Worlds. Warbands, if it wasn't all chaos, I think people would be more interested, but people were turned off by the chaos only of it. And I know you can play other other factions, but... Oh, not Warcry, just the Warbands in, like, uh... Well, it's Underworld, right? Where they have the Warbands? Underworld, yeah, yeah, the Warbands, yeah, for Underworld, yeah. That's really, that, that's really cool. I mean, I'm interested to see what they do with that. I'm not sure I'm going to play it. I mean, I have... Shadespire and Night Vault sitting on my shelf over here, and Bane and I played once and not since, but we have a lot of games fighting for our attention. Yeah. <laughs> like all miniature gamers? Uh, I mean, we played card games the last several times we played games, so. <laughs> Give me Spires, yeah. yeah. Everybody wants the Spires. I have no interest in Necromunda, which is terrible for me to say from a game I loved so much back in the day. I just, yeah. I think they shit the bed with the release. It's a rare time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, Great Big Slug. I should have known oh, you were lurking. Oh, yeah. Ogre we War- all need Ogre War Bands. Um, but Kathy, you, go ahead, Gonzo. I was going to say, if you notice, that the last few things that we've been talking about are smaller board games and smaller miniature games. That there is a big resurgence of smaller games. Um, don't get me wrong, 40K and Age of Sigmar are always going to be big and top and... The, the games that, you know, are going to draw the people. But recently, things come out, like Breachstorm. Breachstorm is still a small tabletop-style game um, and stuff. So, I mean, there's still that going on that a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about are smaller style, smaller size miniature games. Yeah, I think that's going to be a great full topic for thing is how, you know, what the proponents of the market is because I am looking at what's coming out and... Stuff that gets, hey, if you get above the actual skirmish level, you start to have a problem until you get to the army level. You gotta, 
There's no in-between anymore. For a while there, War Machine Horde's the in-between everyone liked. No one mm-hmm. really wants to go that many miles anymore. They want to scale it back. Yeah. Probably because costs. I mean, it's a lot of cost to that size. It's a weird cost to uh, game ratio there. Yeah. Which is interesting because, like I said, the last few things we've talked about has been smaller size games, which is the reason why a lot of people are pretty interested in Marvel Crisis Protocol. Only yeah. need 10 miniatures. That's it. Yep, you're only going to ever use 10 miniatures, and you're yeah. not going to use them all, but you only need 10 in your list. Yeah, and uh, you're, of course you're going to buy more because, you, you know, need all the miniatures so that yeah. you can <laughs> field whichever combination of 10 you feel like. No, you could find just the 10 you want to play. You could be like, I only like these 10 models. I will bring these 10, and then hopefully you can parlay those 10 into really good choices. But don't you have uh, scenarios where you can, you know pick so many different models and add them yeah, you're, in. You're never going to have more than 10. So yeah, but depending on which games, scenario... Yeah, it, you're going to cap at 10, though. You're going to be like, we're playing X points. I have to pick those X points from the 10 we bring. So you'll never have more than 10. You can make your overall 10 out of more than the 10 if you buy more. And we're all going to buy more, let's be honest. Unless we you totally you are. Like certain <laughs> things, you'll never need to bring more than 10. Oh, that's interesting. That's that's a good, a good uh, level of game. Um, I actually am looking forward to playing some other games and picking up some other games, but they're all Robotech based mostly because that's the kind of geek I am. There's a company uh, for the first time in twenty some years. There's a new company playing on a Robotech role playing game because Playing Books did lose the license. If you haven't, uh huh. Um. And there's a new company putting it out. I'm interested to see what that is. I did like the role-playing game. That was the first game role-playing game I actually played for any significant period of time. So that is definitely part of my uh, childhood there. But interested. I do love Robotech. And then also, they have a ton of board games coming out. I mean, I've got two over here on my shelf from a Kickstarter. And then there's another one that came out I didn't get a chance. I want to pick that up and give it a shot. I think it's called Force of Arms or one of those. Um, I have Crisis Point and another one, but interested to see what you know what's coming out for them because they're making a big push on their IP, which means hopefully that movie's in the in the works too. But uh, that's that's been in there. Uh, otherwise, yeah, Banian picked up Shadowrun Six. I'm interested in playing some of that. Oh, nice! Yeah, I saw that. I'm came jealous. Out. I want to play. I loved loved Shadowrun back in the day in the '90s. We used to play and. Okay. So much fun. Would have been hard to play before the nineties, but Well, I mean you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue that, but that's when I was playing. Uh, and then I'm looking I'm actually looking forward to the Battletech stuff from Clan Invasion that's coming out because maybe I play some Battletech, maybe I don't, but in any case, it's cool that uh, they got that stuff coming out. I did back them on Kickstarter because I'm a geek like that, and that's part of my childhood. Um, I did when um, Necromiles was down. I did buy the Battletech basic box set because that's part of my childhood. I need to uh, sometimes you need to review that stuff and 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 maybe re- rediscover your love for it. Uh, I know that um, a friend of mine, Nick, uh, which uh, he's my go-to guy if I need any mathing because he's a supercomputer unto himself. Um, he is helping and working on that I know of the new Heavy Gear miniature rewrite of rules. Um, Interesting. And uh, he's actually part of that, and he was telling me about it, and I'm like, that's cool. When you get stuff, 
bring it over. Let's test it out. Let's work on it. You know, let's do what we need to do. Let's, you know, get all in it. Because, I mean, I like Robotech style and, you know, that type of style of game. You know, small robot squad battles. All for it. Battletech, Robotech, whatever you want to call. Mech Warrior. Um, Heavy Gear is a little bit different, but uh, still the same concept of squad battling robots. Giant robots beating each other up. Yeah. I'm all for it. Um, so he says as soon as he can and get stuff going and he gets the models, we're going to, you know, work on that and do some of that. And I'm like, that sounds like a lot of fun because I'm all about, you know, I, I, I think there is a part of the market that hasn't been touched as well is squad based or low model counts, good sci-fi games. Um, which is where I think they may go with Warcaster. Kind of totally blowing it out of the water. What'd you say? I didn't hear you. Sorry. Kill Team is totally killing it. Yeah. Unintended. So, I mean, I think that's not. I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think that's necessarily a fair statement. But uh, it's. But the thing is that that's based off of a current IP. Uh, I'm talking about you know a certain a new or interesting type thing. It's not. Um, it's not a, a game unto itself, you know, like Breach Storm is a small base sci-fi type game. Whether, you know, it, it goes off and hits really well, I hope it does because, you know, I don't, I want everybody to be successful. But, I mean, there hasn't been, you know, a huge push for a lot of that in the market is the sci-fi small. To be fair, I mean, you're kind of discounting Infinity. Um, okay, let's talk about Infinity for a second. I... Love Infinity. I think it is a great game. I just, it's not very big in around in this area. Like St. Louis is the closest place for people to play Infinity, and of course that's like six hours away, and they have a good following there. Yeah, and I and I hate that that because I have a huge Toha Force, and I love Infinity, but we go back to our old argument: if you can't get people to play it, you know, you're just stuck with models. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because I have a ton of Infinity models. I like Infinity, but it's another one. It's It's got that War Machine problem of taking so much to get into it. Yeah. It's not necessarily time. It's the reps and getting into the game that is the problem. Yeah. And uh, that's sort of what's going to hurt a lot of games or sink or swim for a lot of games. You know, people forget to keep it simple, stupid. That is a rule for a reason. Uh, Xander brings up a good thing. Sci-fi is a difficult ideal to put people into. And that's true. A lot of people would rather do the fantasy than the sci-fi because they can wrap their brain around it a lot easier and not worry about it. And I get that. And we did kind of skip the big sci-fi miniature board game or miniature game. We, we haven't mentioned it at all. Well, because we really don't need to. I mean, Legion's got a lot of stuff coming out. They've got two factions dropping this <laughs> month. Yeah. Theoretically. China willing. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars Legion. I'm still enjoying that when I can get a game in. I haven't been able to play lately. I, but I, I enjoy still like it. Infinity. it, it to me, it, it's, a lot, it's a lot simpler. Um, it's quick. Um, you don't have to do so much digging through the rules. You're like, okay, your models yeah. do... They shoot and kill things. Good. My I models do the same thing. What they're doing, they... Uh, uh, you know, they keep it simple. Yeah. And and as much as I know some people have mentioned they don't like some of the functions, like the uh, the movement tools, the more I think about those movement tools are the tightest thing ever. 
Well, because that's what Marvel's doing. Marvel yeah. Protocol's doing the same thing. things and everything. Yeah, yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. I also love that the, the Marvel ones, you they have a texture on them, mm-hmm. so if you paint them, they look really cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I more I thought about the more I go, I like those because those are... There's no question. I put the front here, I move the model, and put the back to the front of that stick. It's where it goes. That's, yeah, I really liked that when I played Legion. It's it's one of those things you're like, it's way easier. You don't have any, there's there's no inconsistency in that. Yeah, there, there's no, to me, there's not an argument on Did you make it? Far. Was that a little bit too far? Yeah, you don't have to know inches and all that stuff. You just you just measure it, and there it is. As everyone can tell, I have the crazy eyes, and when I look at things across the board, sometimes things look too short or too far, and I literally have to take my opponent's word on it, or I have to lean over the table really hard and eyeball it, and I'll be like, okay, I guess that's fine. But sometimes, you know, you're just taking their word. I mean, crazy eyes. <laughs> it's hard to see depth like that. Across the table, things look really odd sometimes, but but yeah. So they got stuff coming out, but I, I I don't I think they've lost the wow factor now. You know, it's like it's old hand now, right? Yeah, uh, like, I, I think the movement stick thing and going away from tape measures. I think we might see that a bit more. Yeah, um, because it's, it's just quick and simple and easy. Where it's you know back to back. I mean the way the the way the machine guys use it is cool, but measuring sticks. All the ones that are made are too wide. I feel like they'd be better off as sort of like old whippy sticks. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. the, uh-huh. uh, the set that Muse sells, Muse sells this uh, one set uh, that has all the widgets on this little plastic sheet. I can't remember the call of it. But the measuring sticks, because they go from like 3 to 14, uh, are like half an inch wide. You don't need a 14. Well, there, there, there is a 14 for a certain things, but what I usually, most people use the 14 for is for marking out zones for deployment. <laughs> I, I, I will be honest. It's one of the things I, one of the things about War Machine that's weird is the amount of tokens and other games have some more amounts of tokens, but it's just the preponderance. But in any case, that's not part of the topic. The last one I bring up is actually, I'm looking forward to a role-playing game called Prowers and Paragons, their ultimate Ooh. edition. I did uh, back that on Kickstarter. Um, is this a superhero game? Yep. What? John's interested in a superhero <laughs> role playing game? Jeez, is it my favorite fucking thing that I never ever get to play? Banyan. Um, no, I'm not blaming him. Jesus, I only get a superhero game. That's not his thing. People who work Renaissance festivals. But uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to. I did back it on Kickstarter. <laughs> Uh, one of my old buddies and former GMs, uh, Mike Sherbrooke, worked on it. Uh, and, you know, you, you you support your buddies in doing stuff. And it looked oh, yeah. good. A lot of the guys who put together champions say, honestly, if we made champions today, we'd steal shit from this game. It's It seems to be... Champions can be too fucking crunchy, let's be honest. Way too crunchy. Well, no, not champions. Yes. It can be too crunchy. I find the other end of the video the, of the superhero games to be way too free and lackluster, not as granular as you'd want. Yep. Too soft, if you will. Hmm. So this is supposed to be a good middle ground. I'm looking forward to getting it. I've got the old edition, but I kind of want to get the new I've got the old edition in PDF. I'm looking forward to get the new one when that comes out, and uh, we'll probably switch over Adventure Sewer Bear or whatever we play next to that. And uh, looking forward to that. What? Sewer Bear is going to make a return? Theoretically. I think a lot of people would enjoy that. 
They might not be sewer bear. We'll see. I mean, sometimes sometimes you just let camp the campaigns just end at a point. I mean, it's not an end point. Sometimes they just have to end. So that could like, be like our... uh, Dawn of the Harbinger. Well, you sounds like you got an end point in mind. <laughs> yeah, I did have an end point in mind. I don't. I don't build games in an end point. I build sandboxes, and sometimes they just end. It happens. Yeah. I did. I did build it with an end in mind. Which is good. I mean, it's different. Different. We can talk about that in more role-playing podcasts. different styles of GMing. <laughs> that would be cool to hear you guys talk about that. Yeah, Since but... I haven't ever ran a game. What? How long I have you know. been doing this, Kathy? Uh, yeah. Did you know I ran I... my first game? Ten. <laughs> when did you run your first game? 1983. The year most people were born that are listening to this podcast right now. Oh, go fuck yourself, Gonzo. <laughs> <laughs> Banyan was six. Thanks, you Banyan. I'm going downstairs and pee on your bed. <laughs> My drink was slightly aggressive. Sorry. Yeah, I, I I didn't know of any new RPGs coming out, so I didn't even I didn't even think about that because it's they sort of sneak up on you. If it's not a yeah. new game, they just sort of hey, look, this dropped. Well, that looks cool. You wait for the buzz to come out, and that's yeah. sort of the way it is. Instead of the board games, there's so many board games coming out. If you don't know about it, if it's not like a new edition, you're like waiting for the buzz to hit you. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Oh, Captain Mizzy, that's painful. Thanks. What'd she say? Thanks. I can't see. She's him. negative nine in 1983 when I ran my first game. Yeah. That's no Which... excuse for not running a game being nine. Negative nine. Ne- negative nine. She oh, was... negative. No, negative nine. Okay, gotcha. Well, maybe that is an excuse. That but is six exactly. is not. Yeah, I mean, like I wanted to talk though because I have not yet run a game. So, but yeah, my first game running was actually Robotech way back in the day for some of my friends in elementary school. So it's nine. (laughs) Any case, I that's that's (laughs) some of the games we're looking forward to. The ones we can think of, the main ones. Uh, I'm sure more will come out during the year that we want to look into. Uh, and if hey, if you guys have ones you want to hear us talk about, shoot us a message. Let us know, like, hey, this is coming out. I think it's interesting. Maybe you guys can take a look at it. I have a fair amount of disposable income. I don't mind taking a look at a game. I also always have someone I can play with a game. I just have to pull them out of the basement. You eyeballing? Get that, get that work. <laughs> eyeballing somebody? <laughs> I'm not eyeballing anyone. So, what time is it? Oh, yeah. Dang, we went three minutes over. What the hell's wrong with us? It's time for the media segment. Let's go to media section. Um, Kathy. All the things. Kathy has like 17 things she's going to talk about. And they're all, all of them, episodes of Lucifer. Okay, then that's true in that case. Uh, Um, Great Big Slug is going into full-on lurker mode. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Great Big Slug. Thanks, Great Big Slug. Um, I look forward to seeing you and your Dark Souls. I have one, two, three, four things to talk about. That's low for you. Five, five technically, but one of them's just uh, we were talking about it, and we were just wanted to get a grasp on some stuff. I have a movie and something else I want to talk about. Okay, uh, I'll go and go because uh, I have more, and I'll get with one. Let's go oh. with. Um, <laughs> um, we're gonna hit off two things. This last Friday, of course, was uh, time for our kids to watch movies at the end of the day. And I put on the Dark Crystal uh, Rise of Resistance. Uh, 
Age of Resistance. Or Age of Resistance, excuse me. And um, it was an interesting. I showed it a little bit to my fourth graders. Uh, and my fourth graders are pretty mature fourth graders. And they were loving it. Uh, I sat down and talked to my third and second graders and said, these are puppets. I want you to tell me what you think. And they were like, this is too creepy. This is too scary. I don't like this. And I'm like, okay, fair. My fourth graders think it's amazing and want to watch the rest of it. Um, So that was just kind of the thing, because me and you had talked about how the Dark Crystal can be kind of a scary show for kids. It can be. I mean, it's it's not like it. It's not strictly for kids. They did it's a great job. It's not for kids. No. I mean, it's not. It's not the Muppet Show. No, but I mean that's what we what we, we mentioned. So figured I'd give you a thing. So instead, in, in in Dark Crystal, that could be amusing. Yeah. So instead, we went with Meet the Robinsons. Uh, Meet the Robinsons is a show about a kid that invents time travel and has to fix the things in his past. To fix the future and make sure the future stays the way it is. Wasn't that a movie originally? Wasn't there one movie for that? Or there's one movie. Yeah, it, it's just okay. a movie. Um, and so I put it on. Kids loved it. I was watching it, and there's some stuff that in there that's definitely not for kids. Which you know, as an adult, you start seeing things, and you're like, "Go watch Looney Tunes." Yeah, you're just like, mm, "Yeah, I, I'm laughing at this, but these kids don't know why I'm laughing." Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was okay. I, I was actually building up lessons for the next week. Uh, cause that's the time I do it. Uh, while the kids are watching there, I can start adding lessons to my Google classrooms and stuff. Um, but the kids seem to enjoy it. I don't really care for it. So I don't want to give it a rating cause I just, it's just there. The kids were entertained, didn't care All for it. That I, that I heard from it way back when it came out, because it was a time when I was actually watching that stuff and all was swinging a miss. Yeah. It, it was just okay. I mean, it's all right. So, it, it, your kids will probably love it more than you will. How about that? <laughs> Fair enough. If you have, have kids. <laughs> also, I have to kid is Banian, and he takes care of himself. So Yeah. Well, sometimes he does. Yeah, mostly. So. Uh, so, my movie was, I was sitting alone, I guess, last Sunday or last Saturday, uh, and I'm like, you know, I want to watch a movie. I, I kind of want to see this based on the previews. It's got Dave Bautista. It's got Stallone in it. Like a couple Chinese guys. And they got to break into a prison and break people out. This sounds like one of those direct-to-video gems. <laughs> That's going to be a great movie, but it's going to be enjoyable as crap. It is called Escape Plan, The Extract- Extractors. It is the third movie. And I was totally fucking wrong. It <laughs> is... Not good. <laughs> I mean, it has about four action scenes in it. And um, so I will say there's an action scene early on where there's two early on action scenes. Both are pretty short where the two Kung Fu guys individually or Chinese guys individually are Kung Fuing the crap out of people that have some good, good scenes. The first one's really short and it's okay. The second one's a little longer, a little more enjoyable. I liked it. Uh, and then after that, man, you could turn the movie off. I hate to say it that bluntly, but Dave Batista doesn't really do much. He shows up in about six scenes, gets, you know, two sort of fight scenes. One's really short where he's just firing dragon's breath rounds out of a shotgun. <laughs> you can tell they're like, Dave, we want you to come in, but we can't pay you a lot. He's like, yeah, well, I do what I want. Sure, Dave, you do what you want. And he came in and did that, had one fight scene that was okay. 
And then the uh, other Chinese, the one Chinese guy, the first one gets killed with like, like, so one's a bodyguard of a woman who's the daughter of a big businessman. And she gets kidnapped on his watch, of course, um, because that businessman was funding the bad guy's father, who was in business with Sylvester Stallone. Note, this is the third movie in a series. It doesn't have a number next to it. You don't need to see other movies because <laughs> you can't manage to be good. The first one is the Stallone uh, Schwarzenegger one where Stallone's an architect in a prison and gets stuck there. But basically, the girl gets kidnapped um, and then he also kidnaps Stallone's woman and they come after him. Uh... The one Chinese guy is her bodyguard. The other one is her ex-bodyguard, who's also her lover, which is why he's not a bodyguard anymore, because he got fired, because that's not good for a bodyguard. There's a whole movie about that. Check it out. It's okay. <laughs> um, and the one just gets killed with no fanfare. Like, he basically, all he does is fuck up and fuck up and get shot. <laughs> I thought it was one of those ones where he's like wearing a vest. No one can tell. He's got this weird, cool tech, you know, low-key tech that made him live through that. And now he's going to come up and free everyone. No. No, he was just fucking dead. <laughs> I was like, eh, that's okay. Now, the other guy actually gets to kick some ass. He's probably the best part of the movie, hands down. He has a couple good fight scenes, does some interesting stuff. Enjoyed what he had to bring to the movie. But that's pretty much the only enjoyment you're going to find. And watched an hour and almost 40 minute movie for two fight scenes. <laughs> don't do it. Just don't do it. Uh, Stallone tries. Stallone's not like. Stallone's bringing a decent game to this movie, but he's just not in it much. He's not giving it a lot. It's not a good movie. Just fucking skip it. Uh, I'm give it like three and a half space herpes. It's not like bad, bad. It's just fucking uninteresting. Like, you want, like, there are a million better shitty action movies to watch that you will get much more enjoyment out of. You will not be in danger of falling asleep during because it's got so many slow parts. It's, I mean, it's watch on Amazon Prime for free, bad. It's not the worst movie I saw this year. It's just not a good action movie. It is below the curve. I mean, I'm fairly forgiving to action movies. I gave The Last Stand with Arnold Schwarzenegger two and a half. Uh, Space Herpes, for Christ's sakes. And that's not a great movie, but it's a, it's a passable action movie. This is not passable. Um, just fucking don't watch it. Just watch another action movie. There's got to be a better one. I can recommend 10 to you. <laughs> so, three and a half. No. Just no. Don't. It's, I don't hate it, but it's just not. The preview was so good. I watched the preview. I'm like, this looks like it's going to be good. And it's like, no, it's, it's not. It's ass. I did watch another movie during the week, but I can't talk about it because I saved that for the podcast because I've been going through the Fast and the Furious series, and I'm finally done again. <laughs> All right, Kathy, go. You have something. Go for it. So Jim and I have been watching Lucifer. We started two weeks ago. We watched the first two seasons, finished the last episode of the second season a couple nights ago, and... uh Kind of, kind of a, a candy show for us. Kind of a dessert show. But it's got us giggling all the time, and I'm like, it just it seems so, so very uh, 
it was reminding me of the Sandman when I first watched it. And of course, then there was, you know, a reason why. Uh, but yeah, they get a beanie and says that's because Lucifer was cast so well. And he really was. He does an amazing job of just, just doing all the things that that you would think he would be doing. All the, But all the, the facial expressions, all the emotions that he conveys... I mean, he just does it really well. Captain Mizzy says, I binged the crap out of that show. I loved it. But yeah, Jim and I are just like looking at each other giggling the whole time. Now, I watched it back when it came out on Fox the first season. And I watched it and I says, oh, this is pretty good. But then in the back of my head, I was saying, this is Fox. It's pretty decent. It's going to get canceled. Like every show I like, that's yeah. the, the oh. curse. But that's I was amazed fun. that Fringe lasts more than two episodes. Same with me. I loved Fringe. Ah. Fringe was awesome. I oh. loved Fringe. But I was like, this is so weird and strange and fun. This cannot last. It will be like Firefly. But no. It lasted pretty decent. And, and looking forward to the third season. And... Uh, the fourth season. I didn't realize there was a fourth season. The final season. And I I saw that they uh they have a fifth season in the works too, so that'll be cool. Fifth and final, I think. Yeah. They they've already said they're, they're they've said it as a there's a there's a finale coming up. I'm I'm glad that they that they have an end to it already, that it's going to be an end. Yeah. Yeah, like, I like to get get a chance to get an end to a series with yeah. some time. Instead of just, bam, canceled, and you're just what? left going, what the fuck? What is that one that Gonzo hated from two weeks ago? What was the one? I don't remember. I'm drunk. I don't know. I agree, Banyan. Uh, Fringe was great until it jumped the shark. Yeah, I liked the first couple seasons of Fringe, and then it started losing me. So, Lucifer's also interesting is that there are rumors that he is going to be part of the Crisis of Infinite Earths crossover on the CW. Oh, really? There's rumors. I don't that would be know. cool. I've seen it a couple times on various social medias and all, and I'm like, that'd be interesting. I love yeah. what they're doing with that, and I love it when they... I love crossovers like that. It's, yeah. it's super cool. But, no, I, I liked it when it first came out. I watched the first season. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Fuck it, Fox. Damn it. And, of course, as soon as it came out, there was a ton of Christian groups trying to get it uh, taken off the air. Because of blah, blah, blah reasons. And I was like, no, this is kind of actually good. You know, so on and so forth. And then they, second season came out and they says, oh, we're going to do another. And then it canceled. And then Netflix picked it up. And Netflix is doing the one last season and then they're going to let it die. So I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I, honestly, I think that Christian groups need to go fuck themselves and stuff like that. Yeah, well, it's like they tried. They, they tried to get Netflix to cancel um, Good Omens. Good try. Oh yeah. God, I love Good Omens. <laughs> well, I, I loved it, and to watch that, and then and I then we watched The Good it. Place, and then yeah. we watched Lucifer, which is a perfect little, you know. <laughs> Diddy. <laughs> I love that they tried to get the wrong streaming service to cancel something. Yeah. Oh but, yeah, that was brilliant. Oh, I can't have one more thing to talk about. Shit, I just remembered it. <laughs> Oh, talk. Talk about that. I'm going to interrupt you, Gonzo, before you go on yours. Um, okay, well, let me go. I'll, I will do a double feature. 
Um, as we all know, it is the uh, season of Halloween. And so I watched Hocus Pocus and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Now, I know Nightmare Before Christmas is really, you know, kind of, it's, it's still Halloween. It's a Halloween movie. It's a yeah. Halloween Christmas. Uh, yeah. Crim- Halloween. Halloween is the right time to watch that. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. It's also the right time to watch it. Just watch it twice a year. Fuck it. Uh, yeah. For sure, yes. <laughs> Um, and so I watched Hocus Pocus again, and it's been forever since I've seen it, but I love it because it's got some really great lines and really cool, uh, scenes. And every time that Sarah Jessica Parker goes, muck, 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 I just lose it. <laughs> I lose it every single time. Uh, yeah. A muck, a muck, a muck. You, you just lose that because it's that's, just so good. That's a quotable line. We, we say it a lot. Yeah. It, it, it it's perfect. It's. I mean, the show is dorky, it's quirky, it's silly, but I mean, it's just really good because the cast of the Three Witches is done great, mm-hmm. the acting is, is really good, and it's not, like it says, when you watch it as an adult, you're like, oh, Sarah Jessica I mean, Parker's character's a They're whole. all chewing scenery, but it's yeah. all a good fun. That's, that's the good thing. I've never here. not seen it as an adult, so, you know. I and saw yeah, it as, a, as, as when it first came out, but then watching it now, watching Sarah Jessica Parker's character is like she's a hoa. I mean, she really, really, you know. And I'm just like, wow, how did I not get, you know? But as a, as a kid, just like, oh, she likes guys, kid stuff. Yeah, it's part of being a kid. Yeah, but yeah, when she goes, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just like, fuck yes. Uh, I give it zero space herpes just because one in nostalgia and two, it's a great solid Halloween show. It is fun. It's it's very fun. My, um, I never saw it until we were we started spending Halloween at my friend's house, and they watch it every year, and so we'd watch it with them and their kids. And this will be the first year in a while that we are not doing that because Game Hole Con is starts on Halloween, uh, basically. So, yeah. Well, and then I also because I came home and watched uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and of course Tim Burton. Really creepy, really weird, really you know whatever. And Jack yeah, Skellington. This is where he's at his. his yes. Peak. This is where he's got it all focused in the right way. Yes. It's perfect. It's not a Batman Returns. It's 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 a more. It's a Tim visit. Burton. And Tim Burton's doing it the right way, not just forcing his creepiness and weirdness on something that doesn't need it. Yeah, and and like <laughs> this, this movie is definitely you know there's some pretty adult themes: kidnapping Santa Claus, great music. Great music. The soundtrack yeah. is killer, and even the Nightmare Before Christmas Revisited is killer. Also, yeah, I mean it's solid all the way around. Animation style, everything's really good. Um, lock, stock, and barrel. I mean, it's just it's, it's another great one. Uh, a great good Halloween one. Zero space RPs can't go wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Danny Elfman is a music god. I mean, yeah, Danny Elfman. Boingo Boingo was great, mm-hmm. unappreciated for the time, and then he goes into making soundtracks. Fuck, forget about it. <laughs> um, so two things, other things I want to talk about. One is a trailer, and the other one is a YouTube channel. Okay. The trailer is the trailer for the second trailer for Picard. I haven't seen it. I wasn't sure. And I saw that trailer, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm getting that fucking CBS." <laughs> That's going to be for a while because I'm going to have to watch Discovery and then watch Picard because uh-huh. fuck yes. I, I will say honestly, I, you know, I'm not going to say anything other than Gonzo, you should watch it. Okay. We'll talk about it next week after you've watched it. 
because I don't want to spoil anything, but fuck yes, you haven't seen that trailer, go see that fucking trailer. If you were not sold on this series beforehand, because fucking Patrick Stewart... I, I was sold on it, I just haven't no, seen no. the new one. But you need to see the new In one. In general. Oh. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great. We'll talk about it next week there. And then the YouTube channel I want to talk about is called The Modern Rogue. And they do videos based off their whole idea of giving you the skills you need to be a modern rogue. And there's three points to the pyramid of the modern rogue. There's the gentleman, the scoundrel, and the warrior. And they do stuff in all three. And they do a lot of funny stuff. And some guys from Austin area, they are... I would say they're veterans of this sort of industry. They've been in a lot of podcasts. So that area is big on podcasts and stuff like that. And they're part of that greater Austin crew, the whole um, real deal slash bill.com crew slash one of us.net uh, crew. They're part of that greater crew that's down there. They're all, those guys all work together on all this stuff. But it has Jason Murphy, who has other podcasts and all. And then Brian Brushwood, who's actually, and he's part of, as he self-proclaimed, punk rock magic show. <laughs> and they do all sorts of stuff, like, you know, how to make drinks properly, because gentlemen. Gentlemen should know how to drink, make drinks properly, how to order drinks properly. To Scoundrel, like, we got the lockpicking lawyer to show us how to pick locks. Oh, lock I will say, awesome. it's frighteningly scary how easy it is to pick padlocks. I've Holy watched... Quite a bit of the lockpick lawyer stuff, and yeah. he's insane. Yeah, he, well, they bring him in. They bring him in for an episode recently. They do a lot of stuff like, oh, you know, and then they do the the warrior thing where they'll make, you know, this is how you defend yourself with impromptu weapons. This is how you make, you know, your own blowgun, you know, weapon, whatever. How to do these things? It has a wide variety of cool shit, and I love it. I support them on Patreon because they do cool stuff. Uh, they're always very humorous. They don't pull any punches on stuff like that. Uh, I think most people who like this podcast would like their YouTube channel. I think you should give it a shot. Um, I particularly love their their videos on alcohol because most of them they have a particular bartender, Trevor, on it, who is great. He's enjoyable, just as personable as they are. Um, it's that kind of YouTube channel I want to do well. They uh, They do a good job. They do cool stuff, and I like to see what they do. And uh, I think uh, because I think most of you people who, who follow us would like it. It's the same sort of quirky guys that we are, guys and girls, sorry, <laughs> that we are. And uh, like I said, enjoy the fuck out of it. Um, I have one last one, but I do want to talk about uh, something else um, coming up. And I just totally blocked my brain out of it because we were going to be talking about it, and I totally forgot it. Um, this last weekend was. The finale for Preacher. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Preacher is based off of a graphic novel by Inus. It's a comic book. Yeah, comic book. Book. yeah. And it is a very raunchy, very, you know... Very adult. Very adult TV series. Um, TV series is about a guy that's a preacher that's actually pretty much a bad guy that gets the voice of God, basically, and can tell everybody what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Uh, he says something, the people have to do it. Uh, and so the series finale was this last few weeks ago. And I'm kind of upset that it went off the air because it was really, really good. But I got an ending, like Kathy and I were saying. We got an yeah. ending, so it's good. Um, you can tell that they knew they were getting an ending, and so they were wrapping stuff up. Um, but 
you could tell that they really didn't know what to do as an ending. Um, not going to spoil it because I know some people haven't, still haven't seen it. It was good. As an overall series, I give it one and a half, maybe two space herpes if you're not into it. But if you like the outrageous, the blunt, so on and so forth, you'll like it anyway. Um, but I really like the characters. The characters are really good. There's nothing more cool than seeing Jesus and Hitler have a throwdown and beat each other up in WrestleMania. Um, it was it was interesting to say the least. Um, I really like the series. It kind of stinks that it's going off the air. Um, like I said, the ending felt a little rushed at the very end. And kind of like, you know, just dialed it in or whatever you want to call it. But it was okay. Not, not as I phoned in, but just sort of like, just uh, like, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, this is what we're going to do. Um, I guess technically phoned it in for a better series. 